All right, all right. Welcome to the show. My name is Danny, and I am the host of the Tongues of Fire podcast, where we're going to take a look at the Word of God and see how to apply it to the lives of the youth of the modern day. So without any further delay, let's get into the topic of today's episode. I'm here to kind of put new light on words or maybe even, you know, just confirm things that you've already thought about the Word of God. Uh, Really what we're doing here is just letting the Holy Spirit speak through His Word and um, just coming together as a community, as the youth of today that, you know, is believing and heading forward for Jesus because the world needs Jesus now today more than ever. Um, Before we get started today, I just want to introduce myself a little bit. As I said before, I'm Danny. I am uh, the host and the founder of this podcast. Uh, you're going to be hearing a lot from me if you you know, continue listening, which I hope you do. But if that's not what the Lord calls you to do, then <laughs> I'm not about to argue with that. Uh, talking is a passion of mine. Uh, I love to talk, which is probably why the Lord you know, assigned me this ministry, you know, this, this audio ministry, um, because he knows that's something I'm very good at doing, just kind of rambling. Um, and you're going to get to see that a little bit today, uh, as, as we listen and as we just kind of converse. Um, I do worship for my church. Uh, worship is something that fascinates me and is very, very important to me. Um, because I think worship is where God just loves to meet people. Like every time I hear stories about, you know, people getting touches from heaven or people receiving something from the Holy Spirit or people getting new revelations about their life, it's mainly like, I'd say like a good, maybe like 65% of the time is during these intimate times of worship where it's just them lifting up God, them proclaiming his name and all that. And worship's just so amazing you know beyond just the music just the act of worship in general because worship doesn't have to be music it could be you just praying just saying god you're great god you're mighty god you stay the same through the ages um and i think that's what's beautiful about it to me uh i think that's all you can excuse me um i think now that we've gotten that out of the way and you'll find out a little bit more about me later uh we're gonna dive into the word right now and as i was praying and i was studying about what to start this on because i really wanted to start this on a higher note you know to start it off with a bang something powerful something that i feel people need to hear and not just kind of like ease into it even though that's probably what most people would say is wise uh, so I was praying about it, and I, I love the Lord's sense of humor. And if you didn't know that the Lord has a sense of humor, well, now you do. Because uh, if he didn't, we wouldn't have a sense of humor since we are made in the image of the Father. Uh, so he, we take after him. So the Lord is just hilarious. Um, so I was praying, and then God spoke to me. He said, dude, you're overthinking it. You begin by starting from the beginning. So we're going to be looking at the Genesis today, uh, but not the creation story, which is probably what most people think of when you hear the Genesis. What I actually want to talk about today is Abraham. 
or Abram, as he's called in the beginning of the story, because I was reading through the book of Genesis, trying to see, okay, what part do you want me to talk about, Lord? And the story of Abraham really jumped out to me because before John the Baptist, before the 12 disciples, before uh, David, before any of those guys, Abraham was just absolutely on point with the Lord. He was crazy for the things of the Lord. And I'm pretty sure most of you know that if you have spent any time in the Bible or spent any time in a church or something, you probably most likely heard the story of Abraham and Isaac, I think his name is, where God tells him, you're going to go up to the mountain, you're going to sacrifice your son. And then Abraham just says, okay. And they head up there. And as they're up there, as he's about to sacrifice his son, the Lord says, oh, no, 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 no. Wait, I was, I was just kidding. Uh, there's a there's a ram over there that you can kill for me, you know, D- do that instead. I didn't actually want you to do that, you know. Um, and that just it's it's a crazy faith that I think that is really lacking um, in this time and age, because if I'm being honest, there are people that can't even believe for like a good night's sleep. There are people that don't believe that the Lord can give them peace that they don't believe that the lord can even give them a good day to if we're being honest and it's that just it's insane to me that we need to relearn how to rely on the lord and when the lord says go do something that we need to go do it because it's part of his plan it's what he wants us to do um so starting from genesis 12 literally the first introduction that we have to abraham in the bible besides this short section in Genesis 11 where it talks about his lineage and um, his uh, forefathers, I guess, uh, just from all the way down the line to get to Abraham. Uh, the first introduction we actually have to his story is the Lord speaking directly to him, saying, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family. Go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. And this is the first time we ever hear about this dude in the Bible. Just right off the bat, it's just the Lord saying, you need to leave everything behind and follow the plans that I have for you. And especially, that can look like a lot of different things, especially for the youth of today. You know, it might not have to be leave leave your home, leave your family, leave leave everything, you know, because that's that's a bit extreme. You know, even though the Lord could do that, he can and, you know, he pro- probably will for some of you if you're called into full-time ministry. But, you know, stuff that I can look like is like, I need you to leave social media. I need you to leave that toxic relationship. I need you to leave uh, this sin. I need you to leave, you know, this habit. I need you to leave this friend group. I need you to leave it all behind so that you can follow me and the things I have for you. And... If those things are uncomfortable for us, like if you can't even imagine leaving your friend group because God told you to, imagine God told Abraham to leave his whole country and his family and your fa- and his father's family to go follow him. Um, but that doesn't mean that, you know, that this is a perfect calling or anything because Abraham obeys. You know, it's it says here in verse 4 that Abraham departed as the Lord had instruction, has instructed but it says that Lot went with him. And if you don't know, Lot is Abraham's nephew. 
Um, so he followed the word. He followed the word that God gave him, but not completely because the Lord told him, you need to leave your relatives. You need to leave your father's family. And he kind of carried a lot with him, you know. And when you get later to the story, you realize that as long, like, the longer that Abraham walks in this word with Lot on his back, you know, still holding on to that piece of his family, that Lot starts to become a little bit of a problem for him because they're living two clashing lives. They're living two compl conflicting lives, which I'll get to in a bit. Uh, but it says that he took his wife, he took his nephew, and he took all his stuff. You know, all the animals, the, the money, the things. Uh, his pro his servants i think it says here too yeah um and then as soon as he gets to a place where he gets to to stop to rest the lord speaks to him and he says i will give this land to your descendants he makes a promise to abraham right there saying you know you're already on the right track you're obeying maybe not completely but your heart is to obey me. And so I will start showing you. I will start revealing to you what I have for you. I will start revealing to you these this plan. that So it can all start making sense why I had you do these things. And this is why I really love this story. Is that as soon as the Lord speaks to Abraham. Abraham builds an altar and just worships the Lord right then and there. Right in that spot. You know, he drops everything to build an altar, to build up something to the Lord and worship him. And I think that's something that a lot of people can relearn. You know, we're asking God, it's like, oh, God, speak to me about this. Oh, God, speak to me about that. And then as soon as he replies to you, you're just kind of like, okay, cool. All right, I'll do that. And we kind of forget to really thank him, take time to be like, God, you're just so amazing for doing this thing in my life. You're just so great and mighty and powerful, you know, for working this thing in my life, for moving this way in my life. We kind of, if you think about it, we kind of like leave God undelivered, unread when he speaks to us, when we ask him to speak to us, and he does, and then we just kind of forget about it from there. We're like, okay, I have this calling. Uh, thanks, God. I'll see you on the other side. And we just kind of leave him there. And that's why I really love what Abraham did, where he just got down to worship um, the first opportunity that he could. Ah, excuse me. Um, and then as soon as he finishes worshiping, he starts walking forward again. He starts going towards where God told him to go again. Um... And then moving on from that, it says that there was a famine that had struck the land that Abraham was in. You know, there wasn't enough food. There, people were hungry and all that. So it forced Abraham to go down to Egypt. Um, but in that land, uh, just to sum it up real quick, Abraham, Abraham's wife, Sarai, uh, says was a very, very good looking woman. So to kind of protect himself because he says himself that if he takes her and he says that she's his wife, that they're going to kill him and take her. 
so what he does is that he says, you know, Sarah is my sister. And so they can walk through in peace. Um, and even in this place, even, even though they, because lying is a sin, lie, lying is a sin. And I'm not about to kind of go around that topic because yeah, lying is a sin. So Ab- what Abraham did here is a sin, but even though he sinned, even though he lied about this thing that the Lord still had him in his hand. The Lord wasn't like, oh, you're lying in this place. I'm just kind of drop you now. You know, you're done here because that's not how the Lord operates. And really often, especially because this generation is the most insecure generation I think we've ever had. You know, there's constantly things to be comparing yourself to. There's constantly people to want to be like there's constantly those influences that make you think oh you know i'm not them or oh i'm not good enough oh i'm not worthy enough and all that and that's a straight up lie that's a lie from the enemy because you mess up once the lord isn't going to drop you because you mess up a hundred times the lord isn't going to drop you as long as you're not taking advantage of his goodness and his grace the lord keeps you because he loves you and he you're as long as you're still trying your best to walk into that life that the Lord has called you to and you're still trying to change, the Lord's going to keep you. He blesses that kind of heart. And, you know, even then, the Lord not only keeps him, but he blesses Abraham through that through that season. You know, he comes out of Egypt, uh, you know, richer than he was before he entered. You know, and then getting past Egypt, now we check back in with Lot, where it says that because both of them had accumulated so much wealth that they they both had started filling up so much because of this this journey that they started on together that their flocks started clashing that their their shepherds started you know attacking and you know being mad at each other because they couldn't exist in the same place. They there was just simply not enough in that area for both of them and the lord says the lord says to abraham you know what you need to let lot go because his life and his calling and his journey is different than the one that i have for you and it kind of catches up to abraham when he brought lot with him in the first place you know still holding on to that little piece of the things that the lord told him to drop when he spoke to him in the beginning um but of course most of us know the story of Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah and everything that happens there but it's not until Abraham lets go of Lot that we start to see his calling pick up we start to see his calling take it up a notch um because from there God confirms his his covenant with Abraham it even said right here, Genesis uh, chapter 13, verse 14. It says, After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abraham, Look as far as you can see in every direction, north, south, east, and west. I am giving you all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. Uh, verse 16, And I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go walk through the land in every direction, for I am giving it to you. 
But it literally starts that passage saying, after Lot had gone. After that thing that he had held on to since the beginning had finally been let go of, the Lord confirmed his covenant and said, Look, now I'm going to give you all these things. These things are all for you. This is the plans that I have for you. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is, if the Lord tells you to drop something, you need to drop it completely. You can't say, oh, I'll drop 80% of it, and this 20% is, you know, it's small, it's harmless, I'm going to keep it for me. No. If the Lord tells you to drop social media, you got to drop all of it. You can't drop, like, three apps and keep one, just because it's just one, or it's not as bad as the other three. If the Lord tells you to drop something, you drop it. All of it. Um, and skipping ahead a little bit. Something that really catches my eye about Abraham is his prayer life. And it's interesting to me that Abraham is one of the very few people that we see in the Bible to actually have back and forth with God. To actually kind of speak speak to the Lord about what he's thinking and have the Lord respond to that and have him, you know, have a full intimate conversation with the Lord, a full back and forth conversation with the Lord. Like when he's talking to God about Sodom and Gomorrah and he says, you know, will you save the city if there are 50 righteous people? And the Lord says, yeah, I will. And then he says, you know, will you save it if there are 45 or 40 righteous people? And he keeps going down the line because he's in a, he's in a, uh, a headspace where he has conversed with the Lord so much that he has checked in with the Lord so much that he's now comfortable with the Lord enough to have that conversation, that back and forth, that, Lord, what if this? Lord, can I have this? And it's getting into that space where you not just ask for things, but you converse with the Lord so much that you are in a space where you can have that back and forth, where you can have those conversations with your father, you know, instead of you just kneeling by your bedside, asking for things for like five minutes and then going to sleep. Because a lot of times that's what prayer can be just devolved into. And I'm speaking to myself here because I'm guilty of that, where sometimes, especially when you're you're tired, you've had a long day, that, and prayer just feels like something that you need to do, that you need to get done, that it, it can sometimes turn into, you know what, let me just, you know, thank the Lord, let me ask Him for something, and then I go to sleep. Because it's something that I just have to do. And that's not what prayer should be. Prayer should be intimate conversation. Prayer should be intimate worship. Prayer should be getting right before the Lord. And like really being in that space with Him. Really trying to get to know Him in that place. And um, going back a little bit, there is this part that really caught my attention reading this story where the Lord sends these people to Abraham's camp 
to confirm the covenant that the Lord had made with him to tell him that you're going to have a kid with your wife. And mind you, at this point, they're old. Like, I think his wife is like 90 something at this point and Abraham's like 100 something. So they're like dinosaur old. And when they tell him that and his wife hears about it, she laughs at the word of the Lord and she goes, you know what? I, that's funny because I'm old. I can't have a kid anymore. You know, that's not possible in the natural. Like this is just craziness talking. And Abraham has to, you know, put his foot down and literally say, it's like, this is what the Lord has said. This is what the Lord has promised us. And he is a God of the supernatural, of the unnatural. So he's going to do this. It's definitely not going to be by your power. It's going to be by his power. Don't laugh at the covenant that God has made with us. Don't laugh at the word that God has given us because it's so easy for us to be like, Lord, call me to do something. Lord, you know, I want to work for you. I want to work for your kingdom. Lord, I want to, you know, just be a part of what you're doing. Lord, call me into something. And then the Lord says, okay, I'm calling you out of your comfort zone. And then you respond with, <laughs> Lord, uh, that's funny, but that's not possible. I don't do that. You know, I, I don't sing. I don't, I don't dance. I don't, I don't speak in front of people. I don't, go up to people for conversations. I don't write, you know, it's, that's funny, but that's not what I'm good at. You know, like that's not something I can do. And what's beautiful about that is that it's not you going to be doing it. It's going to be the Lord, the Holy spirit doing it through you, working through you, his power going through you because none of us can do it in the natural because he, the Lord gets glorified when things are done in the supernatural, in the unnatural. We need to start accepting that. We need to stop freaking out when miracles are done. We need to stop getting uncomfortable when fire is preached because it's not stuff we talk about anymore. You know, it's not stuff that someone in their right mind would say because of the culture that's been raised up around the world today. Because at that point, it's not that person speaking in their right mind. It is the Holy Spirit speaking through them. And if you have a call of God in your life, and I say if sarcastically because everyone has a call of God in their life, even beyond a personal calling, like even if you don't know if you're called to be a worship leader or you're called to be a preacher or you're called to be a pastor or you're called to be this or that or you're called to be, you know, the next Rod Parsley or you're called to be the next Jeremy Riddle or anything like that, if you, if you don't know what your personal calling is, you still have a calling. The Lord gave us the great commission, the calling on all of our lives is to go tell the world about Him. Go make disciples of every living creature. Make, till the whole world knows the name of Jesus, so that not one person shall perish. That's your calling. Beyond just what the Lord has called you to do as a person, we have a collective commission for us to live out so if you don't know what your calling is and you don't know what you're supposed to be doing you start with preaching the gospel to the people out there you start with speaking boldly about your faith you start by coming out of that shell thinking you know what if people hate me for being a christian what if people 
you know, start looking at me funny, what if people, you know, start acting weird around me because that's kind of the whole point. We can't save somebody that's drowning if we're barely keeping ourselves up with one arm as it is, you know. If you want to take someone out of the hole, you got to put down your shovel. We can't be looking like the world. We can't be looking like everyone else. We can't be looking... I'm doing air quotes right now. You can't really see me, but we can't be looking normal and trying to save these people because then they start thinking, what's the, well, what's the difference between what you're doing and I'm doing? We got to be radical. We got to be strange for the Lord, for the things of God. And that's exactly what Abraham does because I... You know, even reading this story so many years later, it's unfathomable for people to think, you know, how could you leave your whole family, your whole country, your hometown, everything so you can follow God? How could you, um, you know, still be believing after all this time? You know, how could you believe this word that God gave you so long ago and you haven't seen it through until you're like a hundred? How could you sacrifice your son the instant that God told you to do that? That's not a, that's not what a parent does, you know? And it's because Abraham was radical for the Lord. He was crazy. It's not loco for the Lord. And I think, considering what I've seen, I know that the youth of today can get wild for something that they're passionate about, that they can get crazy. And if you don't believe me, then just look at some of the lost youth that's, you know, out there doing pride rallies or out there speaking about all these worldly issues. If we had that same passion that these people are misplacing into the things of the Lord, do you have any idea how many people would be saved? Do you have any idea how the church would function so much better together? And I want to start closing now, but I have such a heart for the youth because the youth is the bridge. The youth is such an important structure into the kingdom of God. Most of the disciples, when Jesus found them, were youth. They were young people. These The disciples weren't, most of them anyway, weren't like, 35 40 year old you know men that have been through the ringer of religion before to go preach the gospel no they were youth they were young and they were really nobody before they found jesus or before jesus found them and it's very easy to feel like you're nobody in this world because you have all these big people taking attention you have all these people trying to be the next big thing but all we need is jesus to find us to meet us where we're at we need to answer that call so we can start being people in the Lord. The youth is the bridge between the people that are, you know, leading the charge of of the church. You know, the, the older, the adults, the older people that spearhead the church, that are leading the charge forward, that do have the experience to raise up the next generation. And we're the bridge between you know, the next generation, the kids of today that are being raised up, risen up, excuse me, in this lost generation. And the youth is the bridge 
because they are the next generation. They're the next people to take up the mantle. But they're also being raised up in this generation. They have the word. They have the mentality for this time. And we need to be bold enough to use it. Just like we're bold enough to use our voice for other things that in reality don't help the kingdom of God whatsoever. Because what this is, what this has always been, is eternal. This is timeless, just like the word of God is timeless. Our mission is a timeless mission. And I just want to say a word of encouragement before I leave is that even if you don't think you're confident enough, even if you don't think that you can, even if you're struggling, even if you know that you can, but you're saying, God, I've just, you know, been dealing with this. Lord, I've been holding on to this. Lord, I can't seem to let this thing go. Lord, I, you know, use someone else because I'm simply not worthy because I just can't get let, let go of this thing. Or maybe you're just thinking, Lord, you're not here with me right now because I'm going through all these things. I'm going through this and that. And you're not hearing me. You're not listening to me. I want you to know that the Lord is there. The Lord has called you. And even if you don't believe you can, the Lord has believed in you since before you were born. Since the beginning of time, the Lord has had you in his mind. And he says, you know what, this kid, I know for a fact that he can do this thing that I've called him to do. And you don't need to wait 10, 15 years to start doing the word of the work of the Lord. You, if you have a calling, and everyone has a calling. You can start right now. This remnant, this this youth of today is going to be the lighthouse. It's going to be a guiding light for everyone on this world. Because, you know, teenagers, youth, there's this this stigma around that age group where it's like they don't care about anything or anyone but themselves, you know. they All they care about is going out, you know, doing drugs, getting drunk, having fun. You know, they they can't focus on one thing to save their lives because they're just chaotic and they don't, they're just kids, you know. And that's not, especially with people that I've seen, which I will have on the show eventually because I've, believe that they have word they have a word everyone has a word because the holy spirit imparts that into people but i've seen on fire youth i've seen youth that will go out of their way to do the craziest things for the lord and if they can do it from where they came from then i know that each and every single one of you can do it from where you're coming from right now and it's not just the youth it's every generation, everyone, because you're never too young or too old, as we saw with Abraham today, to start working for the Lord, to start living out the plans that the Lord has for you. The Lord believes in you. The Lord loves you. The Lord has called you. The Lord is with you. Um, that's all the time I have for today. I just want to let you guys know that this is going to be you know, a semi-normal thing. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more conversational going forward. 
And if you have any questions that you would like to be answered on the show, like anything regarding, you know, life as a believer, life as someone that's part of this remnant as as a as a youth, as a teenager, if you have any questions like how do you navigate this? How do you walk through this? How, you know, do you think about this in the context of the gospel, in the context of the Bible, in the context of what Lord the Lord has called you to do? Just literally literally shoot me a comment. Anything. If you have any questions, do not feel afraid to reach out to uh, to me and my team because we have a passion for you know people that need direction because we all need a little direction sometimes and if we can do any if the lord has put us in your path so that we can help answer these things then by all means i am more than willing to do my best to help you with that but actually i'm going to pray us out i know this is a bit strange to do for a podcast but I'm just going to pray us out from wherever you're listening to, from wherever, from wherever you're listening from, excuse me. Uh, I just want to join in prayer right now. Uh, Lord, Father, God, I thank you for the listener. We thank you for the speaker right now, God. I thank you for everything that you've done in this time. And Lord, we just ask that your word comes alive, that your word bursts to life into the hearts of these people that are listening, Lord. We just ask that you're with them, you comfort them, you strengthen them, and you guide them. Because you are our guiding light, Lord. You are our strength, and you are our Father. Lord, give them the the strength and wisdom to live out the calling that you have in their lives, Lord. Help them to believe that they matter to this church that you're building up, this bride that you're building up for Christ. In the name of Jesus, amen. Have a blessed day. I will see you guys next time. And don't forget, if you have any questions, feel free to ask. All right. I love all of you. The Lord loves you. I'll see you next time.